0: Make these attempts to connect, they're not responding, and so our emotional bank account gets low.
1: Have you been wondering how to break free from the affair once and for all? Now's the time to take back your life, your emotions, find happiness, joy, and fulfillment with your marriage. HealingbrokenTrust.com is the place where you can find resources to take the healing journey to the next level. You'll find incredible resources for every stage of your affair recovery journey. Connect with our team of qualified affair recovery therapists who stay current with the ever growing, ever changing affair recovery research that's available to help you heal wherever you are in the process. Take our home study course focused on helping you communicate and express yourself in a way that gets you what you want. You can also book an incredible one-on-one intensive retreat where instead of dragging out the pain over months or years, you can condense the time it takes to heal in just a matter of days using scientifically proven methods that work to help couples lower their guard, let go of the fear, melt the anger, and, and experience each other at a deep emotional level you may have never experienced before. So what are you waiting for? Go to HealingBrokenTrust.com. Welcome to Healing Broken Trust Podcast with Brad and Morgan Robinson. It is our pleasure to be here with you today and to walk you through the steps and stages and everything in between for healing broken trust in your relationship. And so today we're talking about really two deadly relationship mistakes, two sins um, for communication. And Brad, do you want to go ahead and tell the the audience what we're talking about, these two sure. communication sins?
0: Yeah, Morgan, we're talking about uh, criticism and stonewalling. And the reason those are so important is people relationships get into trouble when we feel deprived of emotional support. And that that's a key concept and a key word. We get into trouble when we feel deprived. Okay. That's when people get stuck in negative cycles.
1: Deprived of like emotional connection? Yeah, emotional connection,
0: emotional support, other spouses, responsiveness to them, a feeling cared for. Okay. And so that's when we get into trouble in the top two ways that this happens the most often obviously there's like going to be big things like physical violence you know battery things like that Uh, but when people feel the most deprived it typically involves criticism and then secondly stonewalling or shutting down emotionally
1: can you explain to the audience kind of how that fits into the negative cycle
0: sure uh, criticism. Let me, let me define what criticism is and what I what I mean about criticism. Criticism can have a very valid place in work relationships. Criticism can have a valid place, uh, you know, when you're a coach or you know you're coaching a sports team, things like that, uh, because it's a quick way to get across communication and information. It's a quick it's a quick way to communicate. Stop doing this. Do it this way. You'll do it better. But the problem with criticism is, is people often feel like you think they're failing or they're not good enough, that they're doing it wrong. And criticism, what, criticism tends, what tends to happen in criticism is there tends to be an attack on a person's character.
1: In, I guess, poorly done criticism?
0: Well, eat criticism, period. Okay. You know, that's how people feel. It's like, you think I'm stupid or you don't think I'm smart or I'm capable. So
1: that's kind of highlighted tenfold with a love relationship. Yeah, you, and it's a
0: terrible thing to do in a romantic relationship, because I didn't marry you to hear your criticism. You didn't marry me to hear your my criticism of you. We married each other for emotional support, uh, to feel cared for, to feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. And where people get into trouble is when they hear criticism. Because that criticism says, you're no longer a safe person for me to open up to and talk to. I can no longer go to you and open up and talk to
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: I'm going to get criticized.
1: Gotcha. So they start to shut down. They start to pull away. Yeah. And that's kind of where that negative cycle starts to play out. It
0: can be. It could also start with the shutting down and the
1: stonewalling. Uh, it It starts at
0: different places for different people. Okay. You know, it's not always the same area. But that criticism is so important because uh, I think 90% of, I say 90%, it may not be that high, but I believe close to 90% of communication problems in a relationship can be solved if people just stopped criticizing each other.
1: Well, how do they, how then do you suggest that people ask for wants and needs?
0: Well, you don't go about it
1: criticizing. Okay.
0: You, You can make a complaint. You start softly. Okay. You know, you start softly. But here's the other part of this equation is stonewalling, or another way to put it is just people who kind of shut down, who are, uh, you know, kind of devoid of emotional responsiveness. They tend to shut down. They're so withdrawn that there's no emotional responsiveness to them. Mm. Uh, That is the other relationship sin, other relationship poison that causes people to feel deprived and that really messes with relationships and so stonewalling where this gets bad is you communicate to your spouse and it's like what you just said bounces off of them you don't see that there is any response to them
1: oh and that's very frustrating for someone who's making a bid for connection and their spouse does zero to respond
0: yeah they're making an attempt to connect a bid to connect and a bid let me talk about these bids for connection real quick. A bid to connect uh, could be a small gesture or a big gesture, but it's a gesture uh, to show interest in, to show uh, appreciation, and to even inquire, are you there for me? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a broad definition, but more in a more practical sense, a bid you could have over the course of uh, a 10-minute dinner conversation, maybe 100 bids of connection. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is you are talking and, uh, you know, a bid to connect could even be, Hey, pass. Can you please pass the salt? Mm-hmm. And if you get no response, most people don't bid a second time. They don't ask for something to be met a second time. They just say, okay, well, maybe they didn't hear me or maybe they're not going to answer. That's how most people respond. And a few people, you know, uh, will bid again. Hey. Pass assault, pass assault, pass assault until you finally respond to them. Um, But these bids are really important because close, intimate relationships, not even close, intimate, but all relationships with another human being are built on responsiveness. Mm -hmm. We always ask ourselves in a relationship, whether it's our spouse, child, or coworker, or of our parents, are you there for me? Mm -hmm. And when we feel like they are there, it's because there's a high degree of responsiveness. They show that they're interested, they show that they care, they're tuned into us. Mm-hmm. And what stonewalling does is there's usually a profound lack of that.
1: Okay.
0: And and so that's kind of where, you know, where relationships can start feeling so deprived because there's a lot of criticism, but on the other hand, there's a lot of stonewalling or shutting down where people get into trouble that way because Both of those things are deadly poisons to a relationship where you just don't feel important. Because when you have bids that are successful, you know, when there's communication without criticism and when there's communication without somebody shutting down and just stonewalling and being so withdrawn they don't respond to you, when you have communication that way, you feel important, you feel valued, you feel cared for, you know, you feel important, you -hmm. feel like a priority, but when you have somebody who's just kind of distant and stone, stonewalling and shutting down, there is uh, no bids that are being met. And so what happens is is your emotional love tank doesn't get full. And we've all had friends or people that we've been around who, when we call them, don't call us back. and And so, you know, we don't really feel like... Sometimes we feel like, well, maybe I'm not very important to them.
1: Yeah, maybe and, they don't want to be friends with me.
0: Maybe they don't want to be friends with me. And... And so, you know, we make these attempts to connect, they're not responding, and so our emotional bank account gets low.
1: And so we sort of shut down. We stop trying. Yeah,
0: or, yeah, or, yeah, we start shutting down, we stop trying, or...
1: We pursue them harder. Maybe we pursue them
0: harder. Yeah, we pursue them harder. Or, uh, you know, maybe there's just not any bid to connect to them. And so, maybe we communicate only through social media and Facebook, and so, you know, there's no real direct human human contact through voice and,
1: you know, desire just to check up over the phone. And so what happens is, is, uh, maybe they don't understand the bid for what it is.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's sometimes what happens with people who stonewall, but when there's, you're not, so you, sometimes they don't respond or we don't make a bid to connect, mm-hmm. but the same process happens. There's a deprivation that's results okay. as a result from that. And so eventually as time goes by, people develop negative views of each other when Mm. there's a lot of criticism and when there's not any bids being met, there is a lot of criticism.
1: So I think they call that negative sentiment override. Is that right? Yeah.
0: There's a negative sentiment override and that's a fancy word just to to say, it's almost like you're wearing sunglasses that color how you view the relationship. You see everything. If you have black sunglasses on, you see everything in a darker tint. If you have... You know, navy blue sunglasses, you see everything is navy blue. Orange is orange. And so it colors the whole relationship that way.
1: And even the past, it can go back and rewrite the past in your mind. Oh, yeah, it does that too.
0: Yeah, where people will say, you know, I was never happy. Clearly they were happy. Uh, but as time goes by, they'll rewrite the relationship history. And it's either positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Like there's no middle ground or realistic way of looking at it. It's either more generous or... Uh, when it's positive, it's more generous, but when it's negative, it's you know really negative. negative. And you look at the whole relationship as not healthy.
1: And you know what's really interesting that you say that? I think just as you begin to color your relationship in the negative light because of this terrible cycle that you're in, uh, you can also go back and sort of rewrite it to be positive in a mm-hmm. sense because you can kind of flip the switch the other direction as you begin to have a healthy relationship again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. You can write it. You can create a story, you know, but you only do this when it's positive. You can't trick yourself into this. Right. But when you're in a good place, you can kind of look at it like, yeah, we both were suffering. We both were hurting. We didn't come from good places emotionally in our childhood. And so we met and we both just really uh, were kind of destined to have some struggles. And so you can kind of look at it as a positive spin other than, yeah, they're just an a-hole. Or, or they're, they're just totally bad. Yeah, they're just total narcissists, which is what happens when people describe their spouse in the negative cycle.
1: They'll While lose, it's going on. Yeah, yeah,
0: they'll do that. But one of the important things with these bids is, is that happy couples will turn to their spouse 20 times more than a couple who's distressed. And that's just an everyday conversation. So happier people, happier couples will make more attempts to connect to each other and respond to each other. And be there with each other and so they'll make more of these little bids for connection 20 times more than couples who aren't happy and the other interesting thing about this is couples who uh, were first married Who just got couples who had just gotten married? Newlywed study that was done uh, the happily married couples who six years later they had positive bids toward each other 86 percent of the time and those who were divorced six years later they only had 33 percent positive bids and during this newlywed study and so they're just newly married did a study on them those who were divorced uh, who divorced six years later divorced six years later during that honeymoon period in their relationship only made positive bids towards each other 33% of the time. Wow. And those who divorced uh had that, but those who were happy had even more. Yeah, they had 86% uh positive bids towards so each other.
1: So basically what they did was they they brought newlyweds into a room and studied them at that point and then followed up with them 6 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay, and that's what yeah. they found. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and these bids are huge because When we feel like our spouse is responding, because the basic question is, are you there for me? Are you attentive to me? Do you care about me? Do you care about me? Are you responding to me? Are you engaged with me? And when those bids are there, um, that's what causes relationships to thrive. Mm -hmm. That's what causes people to grow and feel accepted and loved. And the way, a surefire way to destroy that is through criticism and stonewalling, or just being so withdrawn and so almost neglectful. That's how you destroy a relationship.
1: So nourishment to the relationship is by a soft startup, right? So can you explain a little bit more about the soft startup for someone who is kind of on the critical side?
0: Sure. Like a soft startup would basically mean starting gentle. You're going to come in with a, you're not going to start off with a harsh tone of voice. You're not going to start off saying you did this or, you know, you're not going to, because the other receiver, you have to, craft a message that the receiver can be receptive of, that they can hear. Right. And now there is a point where, and some of you guys listening to this most likely are there, a lot of you listening to this, if you've experienced infidelity in a relationship, there is a point where, um, you know, you're going to talk about some of these hard things and the receiver is going to uh, not be able to receive it no matter how you start out, just because there's so much shame around their actions that you can start sweet and start soft and start kind and because there's so much shame around the affair and what they did or they're so done with the relationship or they are unwilling to end the affair that no matter how you communicate with them it's going to be hard for them to pull out of it
1: Yeah, it's going to be a struggle no matter what and and that's where help comes in yeah
0: you got to get help with these things and so this is more for preventative care and keeping yourself from trouble and even as you rebuild um, staying away from criticism, staying away from harshness, staying away. You want to have a gentle, soft tone
1: with each other. You know, one thing that I've noticed um, a lot of successful couples do in this soft startup phase is they sort of, um, begin to speak to their spouse like they would, a, a friend or a colleague, you know, I mean, our spouse is obviously a friend, but we reserve our niceties for everyone else, but then when we get home, we forget those niceties with our, our family. And what I mean by that is saying please, saying thank you, showing appreciation, um, asking nicely like you would teach your toddler to do or your, your child, say please, say thank you, take your turns, you know, be, be kind in the best way you can. And if you struggle to do that, then maybe there's something to work through. I mean, maybe there's still bitterness, maybe there's still anger, um sometimes and, people, Morgan sometimes people are so hurt yes they can't really have a soft startup right because it's so hard Yeah. and
0: you know when you're in that place you got to go get therapy if you're in therapy keep at it right. you know because you've got to get over that resentment that hurt that bitterness to the point of forgiveness and letting in also the point of beyond forgiveness where you're letting each other back in and so
1: Right, there's precisely. a step
0: beyond forgiveness, and that's letting each other back in. Because you can forgive and not let somebody back in, but sometimes there's so much hurt that you can't really respond with without anything other than stonewalling, or without anything other than criticism. And
1: because you just don't have the the necessary well, just,
0: skills yet. Well, it's it's you don't feel safe enough yet. No, We're yes. talking about major trauma after infidelity, and it's hard to do that. But you gotta go get help, so you can, so that you're really, so that the one who strayed feels safe, so that the one who's betrayed feels safe, because both of you have to feel safe to make this marriage work again, this relationship work again.
1: And that's precisely why we do retreats and we do weekly counseling, we do coaching calls, things. If you have questions, if you want some help from an expert, then call us for coaching. Um, Come for a retreat. Uh, You know, it's the same, the same research that they did for uh, week-to-week counseling with the methods that we use is the the same outcome research that they find with these retreats. You just get to complete the process much sooner and see results much faster. So instead of spreading out the the process over months or weeks, you can do it over a number of days, um, a couple of days even. So um, you don't have to live with this for years the pain you can really you can recover from it in a very short amount of time so seriously consider doing a retreat it's one-on-one with our therapists we have three therapists we have brad daniel and randy um and so you are welcome to learn more about that at healingbrokentrust.com that's healingbrokentrust.com so um that's just a, a quick reminder for you guys
0: yeah and i want to say thank you for listening this is always unfortunate Obviously, you're going through this. This job gives me a great sense of satisfaction because most people work through infidelity and they actually become happier as a result. But you've got to end the affair and you've got to fully commit to working on things. And if you do that, you're going to find that you can be truly successful with each other. And so thank you for listening. Just remember the two communication sins, the two communication poisons, stonewalling and criticism. Avoid those. Uh, Because those things create deprivation, which is what gets
1: relationships into trouble. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Broken Trust podcast. Are you ready to take the next step? Go to HealingBrokenTrust.com and schedule your one-on-one coaching call today. That's HealingBrokenTrust.com.